This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Botox Cosmetic. Out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argar Life podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher, so please follow and subscribe on those platforms to keep up to date with new episodes. With us this week to discuss the latest on all things Argyle, we have Sam Down. Hello. Josh Pope. Hello. And Adam Price. Hello. Um, disappointing week, but we'll go straight to our match analyst, Adam. Uh, if you haven't already, I recommend you read his match analysis piece after Bradford. But Adam, why don't you tell us your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I first and foremost, I think it's worth mentioning that this should have been a win. We should be sat here with three points. We should be talking about where we go from here, having finally got another win on the board. The fact we haven't, there's a lot of factors you can bring into play. I'd certainly look at the way we lined up and the formation and the selections as an issue. And I think there's three players that I'd like to bring into discussion on this one. First of all, you need to look at the goalkeeping. I think Macy has had a free pass with some fans because of his shot stopping, but I think at the weekend it was laid bare just how much he does need to improve in that area. The way he, for the first two shots, he pushed them right back into the danger area. It's not the first time we've seen it, and I'm, at this rate it certainly won't be the last. And it's led directly to a couple of goals against us that could easily have been prevented if we had a good shot stopper who prevented the second shot from coming in. I then look towards the midfield. I look at Jan Songo. Now, he gets spoken about a lot, I know, and a lot of people seem to think he's been one of the shining lights this season. And I can see why they think it. He does get involved in the game, and when you get involved in the game, you get a lot more attention from the supporters. However, in the defensive midfield role, I simply don't think he has the attributes required to carry it out successfully, particularly when, as on Saturday, he's lined up next to David Fox. It makes it very, very easy for an opposition to literally pass their way through the midfield and start attacks of their own against what is an already vulnerable defence. On that point, I look at the defence now and I look at Ryan Edwards, and I'm, I'm slightly annoyed by Ryan Edwards, to be fair, because I was bigging him up last week, and he's very much let me down the way he's come back into the team and had more than a few howlers on his return. I I just, um, there's, for whatever reason, it, because it's Ryan Edwards, we know that there's a multitude of reasons could, that could be a factor in this, but he's clearly not reaching the levels he did before his illness last year. So it's up to the management, I think, if we want to get the best out of Edwards to find out why, and if not, 
either drop the Hansongo back into defence or wait desperately until January and we can bring a new right-sided centre-half in to lead the team. So with that in mind, I think if we had those three players in particular played more to their strengths, cut out the errors and shaped up in a better way, I think it would be beyond question that we'd be sat here and we'd be talking about three points for our goal. As it is, we've got to reflect on disappointing draw now. I think we did well in chance creation. Actually, I think in chance creation, I probably can't even think of a single better performance all season than that. We had three goals. We had a lot of other really good chances as well. We had the two Fox chances, the header and, and, and the shot as well. We had a um a good chance. Oh, yes, the, the header and the shot. Thanks for that, Sam. A shot is not a header. <laughs> um, you can shoot with your head. Okay, the header and the foot shot. Right-footed shot. Yeah, the, the header and the right I'm just. I'm just liking how generic this is. I, I mean, I particularly enjoyed, you know, as we went through the game, the cross and the, uh, you know, the pass. <laughs> the pass, they were save. Yeah. yeah, they were very yeah. good. We any anyway, we we had we had a good deal of chance in the game. Our cha- oh dear, our chance creation wasn't very good. Uh, was sorry, was very good. Our finishing was was well, okay, it was decent enough. We scored three goals, but it could have been even more than that. Bradford, on the other hand, they had their three goals. They had that one good save from Macy at the end. Other than that, it was pretty much half chances, wasn't it, rather than, rather than anything major. Again, I think we had we had enough about us to win the game, but we didn't due to, for one hand, the finishing wasn't quite good enough. And on the second hand, maybe more importantly, we got absolutely picked off on the counter-attack a couple of times. And um, Matt Macy parried directly into the feet of a Bradford player a couple of times. And he maybe could have either... Neither of those were it. counter-attacks, Sam. They weren't counterattacks, no. Um, were they not? Oh, goodness me. Um, and let me try and catch up. Was the third a counterattack? Uh, the third was a long ball. Edwards lost the header. That's and right. They beat the defend- it wasn't a counterattack. It was a long ball forward that was flicked on. Um, I thought the first was it, it was again. It was quite a long ball, but Edwards just the miscontrolled fir- it, didn't he? And it slipped through. But it wasn't a counterattack. So he didn't. Okay, it wasn't a counterattack. Then okay, it was, it was three moments of defensive madness, one way or the other. Edwards was a bit. Edwards was a bit to blame for the first, and Macy could have done better as well. Macy could have certainly done better for the second, and I think the third as well. Edwards, Edwards was culpable for the third also. I wouldn't say Edwards was culpable for the third. It wasn't like he was out jumped. Just, uh, just in the way the ball came to Doyle, he was better positioned for the header. That happens sometimes. Mm. You know, when it's a low down contested ball, he, he, he because Doyle was ahead of the ball, he just got there first. It was... With that, is Songo's lost his man as, as he wins the header. Which one? Uh, the the one for the third. Okay. It's the player that it's uh, is it who is it? It's not it's not Songo's man. It's the strike partner. Canavan's further back, isn't he? Canavan's further back. Does that? Do you think Edwards needs to get sucked in there? Because he comes quite some way forward from the defensive line, doesn't he? Yeah, I can kind of see it. I'm not convinced with the way that that ball is bobbling. I'm not convinced he needs to go to that, especially as he's not in the better position. I feel like what we're doing is we're looking at it with hindsight, saying, you know, the goal has happened and let's track back. I I don't think that's a major defensive error. I think this is just a case of. Goals happen. Sometimes people have to accept it. If someone shoots from range, then everyone's saying, why didn't he close him down? In another scenario, he closes him down, and because he's running at him, the guy easily runs past him, passes it through the defence, and they score. You know, Sometimes people are looking too hard. I'm all for searching out where the goal has come from, but sometimes there are times where you say, it just, yeah, there isn't a perfect way to defend all scenarios. Just Sometimes it works out. I'm not convinced this is 100% in that situation because I think uh, from looking at it, I don't think Edwards needs to go for that ball. And and Edward, uh, sorry, not Edward, Canavan comes charging in. I mean, so he's flipped the ball on. 
it's already a, technically a sort of 2v1 in the middle because uh, Mate Boy's turned past Edwards and Canavan's launched himself in. And it's a simple through ball and he's away and scores from it. Uh, I, I would just say that... It's a good move, but I yeah. think there's definitely things that can be improved defensively. I, I don't think anyone covered themselves in glory. Yeah, and I, I just don't think it's um, quite as cut and dry as, you know, this was a defensive mistake. This was a gamble that didn't pay off defensively. And you know, simple mm. as that. Also, I mean, Listen. I think people are being a bit harsh on Macy. What, what I'll say is neither of those two saves immediately stuck out as ones he should have. Definitely, there's no reason how he could push them back out. But to push both of them back out into the danger zone, that's the issue for me. If he'd done it in one game, if he'd done once this game, then once on a couple of games back... You know, I wouldn't necessarily look at it and say that's a trend, but to do it for both, that's where the issue lies for me. Neither of them were like, neither of them were terrible. It wasn't a soft tame shot that he pushed back straight into a striker, but you know, I did both together are what annoys me. The second yeah, one it's is the fact it's happening more often that I think's the concern, like you say. Yeah, I think the second one is much worse than the first. Yeah, I'd go the with second that. One I agree. Is, is a lot more tame and it's not really to the side of him, and he sort of. The first one, if you know, if if Smith Brown can, you know, for example, if he gets his body in the way and, and gets that clear, you think, okay, it's a, it's a decent save from him. Yeah. Um, I said at the time actually about Smith Brown. I thought I, I wondered, and it's harsh to blame him really because it, it, it's an awkward situation for him. If a little bit more body on the line type defending. I'm not sure about that. I think I don't think it's commitment to getting there. The ball rebounded. You know, he has to turn and readjust his body. It's easy yeah. for the person who's running onto it. It's basically just a case of Payne got to it. You know, second or two before him. And like you say, it it's not one of those where he could have dealt with it. But does that mean that it's his fault? Yeah, yeah. no, I, I don't think that one is his fault at all. I mean, uh, it, it's what it's Edwards' mistake. Uh, he, uh, you know, you could see from the time he played and sat next to Sam, and we agreed that it doesn't look fit at all does he he, he just doesn't no, know he's got the energy about I, him. I disagree with that okay so my initial thoughts was that maybe that was the case and I was definitely looking out for it and one of the key ways I was hoping to measure it because obviously there's no real way to measure how fit a player is you can make you guesses and so forth but one of the ways I was looking forward to measuring it was effectively looking at how many aerial duels he won because if he was clearly you know lacking strength lacking weakness or stamina then I would have assumed that the percentage of headers he'd win would have been, you know, significantly lower. There would have been a, a drop big enough to notice. Uh, but no, it was it, it was on the mark. His aerial duel uh, success is about seventy percent for the season, and against Bradford, it was seventy percent. So I'm, I'm I'm not sure how cut and dry it is that Edwards definitely isn't fit. But I could definitely see moments where it looked like he maybe wasn't. At the very least, he wasn't match sharp. Letting that ball roll mm. under his foot, for certain, Definitely is an example. Not sharp. So, so to what extent, therefore, do you think it was not match sharp versus not match fit? I suppose I maybe just see. I may, maybe I'm falling guilty a little bit to seeing a narrative in hindsight. I'm seeing him not match sharp, and I'm kind of assuming he's not match fit as well. I think what you said about the third is a fair point. Welsh the first is definitely his error. The mm. third, maybe I'm kind of looking at it with a narrative in my head. That is a possibility. Maybe the third wasn't such a big defensive error as the other two. I've taken it on board. But he didn't look great, did he? He didn't look the, you know, last season, as well as just the aerial duels, he was um, 
very commanding. He would go for a ball. He would snap. He could have snap it away from players' heels a bit. He was very much somebody who was sharp as well as fit, and he didn't definitely did not look sharp on Saturday. Whether he would actually match fit or not, maybe you need a bit more of a you know a, a larger sample size to determine that one. Because whilst okay, he did win a lot of aerial duels. On the other hand, Bradford were pretty rubbish, weren't they? So it's well, yeah. Really, on the other hand, he was up be... against Owen Doyle, who's hardly a target man. So. It's going to be an easier game to win the middle it than, than normal. Mm. It's yeah, like I said, it's difficult to judge. It was just it was a metric I saw for you know for actually trying to determine whether there was a noticeable lack of match fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, sh- should we move away from the negatives because there were a number of positives come out of the game? Definitely going forward a lot. Uh, well, um, I don't know if anybody's read, um, I'll give a little plug, my article on Joel Grant. Um, uh, I think one of the main points that came from that is that he's cutting inside a lot more. He's carrying the ball, he's making more key passes inside. And I think that was very much something we saw on Saturday. Uh, and not only making passes, but being in the position to receive passes. That second goal, he was in the position where he was able to make a run in behind the defender into the penalty area so that the Dapper could pick him up for a pass. Would the Joel Grant of last season, would the Joel Grant have even... Two, two months ago or so have done that I don't think he would have done um, he, he is playing in a lot more central areas and therefore becoming more of a threat I think that's a positive sign Ladapo got an assist which he doesn't get that very many as well as the two goals so it's a very good game for him um, with regard to that you know we, 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 all, we all know he can score the main fault is that he doesn't do enough to link up generally he definitely did that better on Saturday certainly in the second half so Ladapo had, had an excellent game on balance I feel well I mean excellence a bit much he only made 11 successful passes Sorry, twelve. He only made twelve successful passes for the entire match. They seem he still to be... wasn't very. He still wasn't very involved. I'll grant you that. You know, he got a good pass through for the assist. He made a good pass through for a chance Sarsovich had earlier in the match. That was the other one I was going to say. But, yeah, the one for Sarsovich. As, I mean, aside from that, he scored from two set pieces and wasn't really involved in general play, which is mm. what we know from Ladapo. True, but that creating two decent chances in the game is still above his average. So you have got to give him that. Oh, as well above his average. I think he created three the entire season before them. Well, there we go. <laughs> there we go. I, I think this was your kind of game where Ladapo should start. And, you know, it is one of those... I mean, I think an important thing to take is that there are no real lessons we can draw from this because Bradford truly are the worst team in the division. But by a country mile, they signed a ton of good players, but they don't have a team that they can make out of them. And, you know, we saw that. They've got a bunch of good technicians, and, yeah, they're hanging long, hopeful balls to Owen Doyle and George Miller, neither of whom are target men. I mean, had it not been for, on this occasion, a series of defensive errors, Argyle should be looking at a two-goal margin of victory, at least. So so there aren't really many lessons we can draw from this going forward, because we're not going to, until we play Bradford again, you know, we're not going to come up against a team as inept as that. But at the same time, this is the kind of game in which you want to play Ladapo, in which you know we w- we weren't going to need to hit the ball forward to Le- uh, you know long to Ladapo because we could pass it straight through the the gaping holes in their midfield. So you know this is the kind of game where you put Ladapo in because he's going to finish a chance that's going to hopefully get you a win against an otherwise stubborn opposition who are going to sit back and defend, and that's effectively what happened. He, you know his movement was fantastic for those two goals. Yeah, I mean the I I look at the way we use Ladapo and we'll bring him up. Like in various circumstances, we know that I particularly have been quite critical of him, but yeah, it's because of the way he's being used. And I think the way he's being used 
in this game, as you say, we didn't need to play the ball long as such. We could play to Ladapo's strength. And doing that, you gave him every opportunity to have a bit of movement in him and finish some chances. And lo and behold, we got the two goals out of it. So, yeah, there's definitely an argument to be had there of the way we utilise Ladapo. But as you say, at the same time, when are we next going to become be coming up against a side who are that willing to give us that space in midfield and use their players to such a terrible extent that Ladapo gets those chances. I mean, I don't know. It's it's It was one where starting Ladapo helped us, but I think it's one of a rare occasion. I think there'll be few and far between where we have these sorts of games that will give us the chance to start Ladapo ahead of Taylor and not lose anything that Taylor does in you know, in the main, yeah. the way he has. It's like you, you, you so, look yeah. at the games he's scored in recently. Bradford, terrible midfield. Argyle dominated midfield. That was two goals. Two goals against Fleetwood. Fleetwood were terrible in midfield. Argyle dominated midfield. He scored two against Gillingham. Gillingham were terrible in midfield. Argyle dominated midfield. You know, that's six of his most recent seven goals. And then when you look at the other games, Luton dominated midfield, barely an influence. You know, we didn't receive him too much. Sunderland, you know, dominated for most of the game. Only when Argyle's midfield started to exert some influence in the end, he started to have a couple of chances. You, we're going to see more and more that, you know, he's the sort of player you can bring into those games where you're going to dominate midfield and you are going to, you know, reap the benefits of it without having too much of the negatives. But in the long run, in the games where Argyle's midfield can't exert influence he's going to be less and less likely to score and therefore Argyle will be less and less likely to win in a setup that's designed to get him to score goals ahead of everyone else. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I, he does certainly have his usage, but he's generally, he, he's not a player who's going to help you gain control. He's a player who you play when you already do have control. Um, yeah, that, you've said it perfectly there, I think. Okay, let's move on to the quiz round now. Let's wrap that up. In the hot seat this week is Josh. Josh, you've already had season. You're individual, not position left. What do you want? Uh, I'll go for individual, please. Great. You're individual this week. You'll be happy to hear it's Jake Jervis. Right. Are you ready? Uh, that's a great question, Nick. <laughs> based on how... Yeah, that's not one of them. Based on how I did... <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, is that one point? <laughs> okay. Let's go for it. Okay. Cue the music. Prior to joining Argyle, how many clubs had Jervis played for as a professional? Uh, I know it was a lot. I think it was 12. Incorrect, 10. Oh, for God's sake. Jervis had scored on his debut for seven different clubs, but he did not score on his debut for Argyle. However, he did get an assist for which player? Oh my God. Oh, Kerry. Incorrect, Greg Wilde. <laughs> Against the which side did Jervis score his first Argyle goal? Oh, I remember this. It was Carlisle. Correct. How many, assi- how many assists did Jervis record during his entire time as an Argyle player? 11. Incorrect, 19. In 2017, Jervis scored the only goal of the game in a 1-0 win against Bradford at Valley Parade. Who assisted that goal? Lionel Ainsworth. Correct. Jervis's best scoring season came in 2015-16. How many goals? Um, 14. Correct. Jervis moved to Luton on the final day of the 2018 January transfer window after they activated his buyout clause. How much was the clause? 200,000? 125,000 pounds. True or false? In his two full seasons with the club, Jervis scored fewer goals than Graham Carey. False. Correct, they scored the same. Bonus point question is a difficult one, this. In the 2016-17 season, how many chances did Jake Jervis create? And where did he rank in the team for overall chance creation? So first, second, third, fourth sort of thing. <laughs> what? How many chances did he create? Uh, 
Can I have it within a, if I can get it within like... No. God's no. sake. Uh, I'll go for 80. 80? Yeah, I've got no idea. Okay, right, and where did he rank in the team? I'll go third. Incorrect, second and 20. Um, to the nearest 10. I told you it's a difficult one. To the nearest 10. After how many seconds did Jervis score after coming on as a substitute against Oldham last season? The nearest 10. 20? Oh, it was 30, unfortunately. So you got 1, 2, 3, 4. Um, 4 out of 11. Well done. Chance creation question. <laughs> it was one difficult question. Okay, let's move on to predictions. Obviously, we've got Rochdale this weekend. Start with Josh. What do you think the result's going to be? Um, I honestly know nothing whatsoever about Rochdale. But I know that this game is away from home. We're not very good away from home. And thankfully, I won't have to watch this Saturday. I'll go 2-0 to Rochdale. Adam? I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I've come into this and I've researched absolutely nothing about our next opponents. So it's going to be a complete stab in the dark. But I'll I'll take the optimistic route and go for two one Argyle. Sam, uh, when uh, we're really not very good away, we're we're kind of hitting miss at home. We're really awful away. Rochdale, I believe, certainly last season, don't know about this, are quite a good good home team. They're they're one of those teams who are very much very much better home than away. Oh, with that, I'm, I'm gonna co- I'm gonna copy Josh's prediction and go two 0 But I'll vary it up a bit. I'll say two one to Rochdale. Mm. Home table, Rochdale are nineteenth. <laughs> okay. Last season they definitely were. Oh go go on then I'll go I'll go two all. I'll go two all. I, we have I, the worst away record in the league. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. Our away record's poor. We don't know we assume O'Keefe's not fit. We assume Connor Grant's not fit. We assume Jamie Ness isn't fit, which means that there's one man who will step forward to fill in that that hole in midfield, and that man is not a very good midfielder. Um Fox, you know, Fox exerted a lot of influence against Bradford because he's essentially unpressured. But that's not going to happen this week. I'm going to go two-one Rochdale. Okay, that's our show. Thank you all so much for listening. We all really hope you enjoyed it. If you have any feedback, ideas, or suggestions, please do get in touch. We want to make this podcast as good as we can. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher. Just search for Argyle Life or Green and White and you should be able to find us. Thank you all very much for listening and good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.